1: Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, obviously, social media is the medium for so much of the information that uh, moves around across the world. The debate, of course, is who holds the keys to that? Who should control that? Who should censor or monitor or moderate? Uh, Who's in charge and why? And is there an agenda? Of course, Elon Musk is fueling that fire a little bit as he's trying to purchase Twitter, in his words, to unlock its full potential. Uh, Twitter said on Friday that its board of directors has unanimously adopted a poison pill defense in response to the Tesla CEO and his proposal to buy the company and take it private. Uh, So it's a very interesting debate in terms of uh, what the purposes are, what Elon Musk is hoping to do versus what Twitter wants to do. Uh, and all of this, of course, uh, under the, the banner of everything that divides us as a nation in terms of rhetoric and so much of what we see uh, that is simply headlines and gotcha tags and uh, things that are trying to evoke and elicit uh, an emotional response, usually a base emotion response, anger, fear, frustration are the most common And the more you respond to those, the more you will see those in your social media feed. Uh, You will never, ever, ever get nuance. And because of that, it is making it harder and harder for us to actually have a conversation. So this whole uh, battle over Twitter and the future of Twitter and who owns it, who controls it, and thus who controls what you can and cannot say, who can and cannot be on that platform. Uh, It takes us to a conversation we had earlier this week that I I want to go back to. If you haven't read Jonathan Haidt's piece, In the Atlantic, uh, it is all about nuance and what we've lost during the 2010s. And it was interesting, uh, Haidt begins uh, talking about the the Tower of Babel, the biblical uh, expression where the the languages were confounded. And he said that uh, Babel is the best metaphor he's found for what happened to America in the 2010s and for the fractured country that we now inhabit. Something went terribly wrong. Uh, we are disoriented, unable to speak the same language, or recognize the same truth. So we are cut off from one another and from the past, from our history. And then this is what I thought was really interesting. Uh, and again, think about this in the context of this battle over Twitter and who gets to control your tweets or edit your tweets or delete your tweets or ban you from Twitter Height said, Babel is not a story about tribalism. So often we discount that. Often we say, well, it's just, you know, red versus blue, liberal versus conservative, Democrats versus Republicans, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And that's not it. He says it's not a story about tribalism. It's a story about the fragmentation of everything. It's about the shattering of all that had seemed solid, the scattering of people who had been a community It is a metaphor for what is happening not only between red and blue, but within the left and within the right, as well as within universities, companies, professional associations, museums, and even families. So we know that Twitter is a blunt force instrument. Instant certainty rules the realm, no doubt about it. Visceral reactions are what reigns. Rage, of course, resounds from the deep within the uh, tribal echo chambers there. And sadly, contempt for and derisive demonization of those who dare to disagree unleashes just this incredible weaponized words, tweet storms, angry rants, all the things. And there seems to be no space nuance. And I actually think understanding and gaining that appreciation for nuance is actually what the nation needs more than anything. And you can just watch it every day. You can watch it today. You can watch it yesterday. You can watch it tomorrow. And all the buzz will be about, you know, the democracy hanging by a thread or this, if this person is elected, it will be awful. Or if this person wins, it will be the end of democracy as we know it. And everything is fatalistic and the interesting thing is you have to get to the nuances and of course in a in a very pure sense uh, we're not a democracy we're a constitutional republic that's sort of a nuanced thing as well hard to explain that on a Twitter rant but over the years a democracy has become shorthand for a constitutional republic but uh, sometimes that creates more confusion and it creates a lot of conflict. So when you get to the social media, it's this, again, blunt force instrument. So if you go back to what this country was founded on, it was people who understood nuance. Because it really isn't just about ranked democracy or majority rule. Uh, They knew that wasn't going to cut it. So, again, nuance Nuances to be found in kind of that constitutional republic model, as painful as that can be. It's, it's that cooling saucer when we get to those white hot issues. But if all we have to do is just get enough people to like or share or reshare, and it's just a majority, uh, that, that gets us into some pretty scary spaces. Uh, that That's where you get into chaos. And, and we've seen how that lack of nuance uh, has been such a challenge, even during the course of the pandemic. uh, Just think of all the things that you saw on your social media feed that were just a headline about some conspiracy or some this or that and across the spectrum in terms of how people felt about the pandemic. And so it's those swings. And the fact that on Twitter – It's hardly the place to get to nuance. Now, that doesn't mean we have to retreat and completely eliminate all kinds of social media. But we sure better be willing to go beyond the headlines. We better be willing to engage in some nuance because if all you do is read the headlines of something, uh, you will not have a very clear picture of what the present reality is. And you cannot make change. You cannot improve anything unless you know where you are. And that requires some nuance to really look around. It's not enough to say, well, I'm, I'm in the state of Utah. That that may be true. Uh, but you better know if you're in uh, St. George or Santaquin, uh, you better know the, the difference uh, between Logan and Lehigh. And if you don't understand those nuances, uh, you're not going to have a very good chance of navigating your way out. Or to wherever you want to go. So we have to get to nuance. Nuance is only found in homes, in families, in communities, in neighborhoods. Nuance is never rushed. Nuance is also circumspect. It's also humble. It's also teachable. It's also inquisitive. And I really believe that it's the, the people who are able to understand the nuance that are the most wise, uh, and those who reject it or neglect it. If you're neglecting nuance, uh, you're going to be a, uh, one of those we call zeal without knowledge folks. And that's where arguments begin. That's where battle lines are drawn. That's where contempt begins to emerge. And so we have to be willing to get to that. I think Ben Franklin probably understood that nuance the best. Of course, as the uh, account goes, he was asked after the Constitutional Convention what the people had been given. And he responded with a very nuanced reply A republic, if you can keep it. We've got to create space for nuance. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. We'll come back. A conversation with James Wallner. What everybody's worried about with the filibuster coming up next. Stay with us.
0: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains.